0: Hello and welcome to Friday Formula, a weekly motorsport podcast where this week we're stopping at the popcorn stand, finding our seats and getting comfy as we talk driving movies. I'm Owen Bellwood and as always I'm joined by Will Longwin. How are you this week Will?
1: I'm good thank you. I feel like this is going to be a slightly different vibe for us because not only is it a, a different topic but we're in, we're in different, I'm, I'm at work on my lunch break It's very early in the morning for you and we don't normally record, so this could be an interesting half an hour.
0: Yeah, I can't quite tell if I've still got like sleepy voice or if I just sound normal. (laughs) A a
1: little bit sleepy. (laughs) I don't know if I'm trying to keep it down a little bit to stop disturbing people from work either, but also I need to be loud enough to be heard over the construction site behind me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is going to go down as one of our best, I reckon. I can see it already.
1: here's, Here's hoping.
0: But yeah, so with the release of Schumacher on Netflix, the new documentary about Michael Schumacher, we thought now would be a really good time to kind of look back on the driving films that we remember enjoying or that maybe like had a bit of an impact on our life. Um, Do you remember like the first driving related film you watched, Will?
1: Well, (laughs) are we just like anything that's got a car in, right? Yeah. Kind of. One of my favorite TV shows growing up was. Uh, yeah, it's a TV show, not a film. Do you remember Brum?
0: Oh, yeah. Classic.
1: Yeah. The flying car. I think it flew on C. Like, it was like the young kids thing.
0: Yeah, it was like the little, looked a little bit like a yellow Model T, but it was really cool. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. And I mean, not a lot of it was about the driving. I think it was a flying sentient car, but I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. I used to
1: remember thinking that I think you wound him up at the front
0: yeah it was like an old school I feel like that has another name that's not Windstar but Windstar feels like it makes sense
1: something like that but I remember getting confused why other cars didn't have that and pretending to do that on like my mum's car before we went anywhere how about you?
0: see I feel like I've got to think of something from like way back now but the first film that I remember like acknowledging that driving was cool was Die Another Day, the James Bond film with the invisible Aston Martin Vanquish. Yeah. I feel like that was quite a a seminal movie to watch and realise that cars were really cool. Yeah,
1: because they all go invisible.
0: Yes. No, I didn't think they all went invisible, wandered round, pretending to walk into invisible cars like, whoa, there's another one.
1: Now the Bond films are going to be there for most people, I think, as one of their first experiences. Like even back in the sixties, they were about driving, weren't they? Really?
0: Yeah, and it's because there's always that scene that like celebrates the car. So you, whether you're a big car fan or just like an average Bond fan, you're always going to have to celebrate the car that he's going to be driving and be like, "Wow, this time he's got a BMW." Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's quite a nice way to do it.
1: I was actually a little bit disappointed at Monza because we've had some cool like crossovers with the Bond films in the past when Aston Martin sponsored the Red Bull. And now that Aston Martin is like a team. I thought they'd go pretty big on uh, No Time to Die, but they just kind of stuck a sticker on the side of the car and did a little trailer, and it's like oh, big whoop.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought the drivers would have like tuxedo race suits or something.
1: Yeah. Or like Daniel Craig has been. Doing, he's done grid walks before. You think you'd fly him out to Milan and do something cool? So, we're chatting about. Well, we picked three of our favourite driving racing movies, movies that have cars related to them. That we, well, whether they're kind of fictional or documentaries, just the kind of some of our favourite racing films to chat about, discuss whether we've seen them or not. And Owen, you're going to kick us off with your first one.
0: Yeah, so I uh, picked Senna as my first film. Um, I thought I'd get like one of the obvious choices out of the way first, but also one of the best. Um, so Senna is a documentary about the, the life and career of Ayrton Senna, and to kind of describe it briefly, it is an absolute masterstroke. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever watched, and it manages to capture all of the the drama and the fanfare and everything about and Senna's racing career into like a 90-minute, really engaging, really well-paced documentary that I remember watching in a village hall for the first time for like a local cinema. It was all very bizarre. They ordered curry halfway through. (laughs) I I was just sat there engaged the whole way like, can we get back to the movie? I don't want to eat curry anymore.
1: When, when did you watch it?
0: It came out in 2010. I was going to say I probably watched it when I was about 16, so 2010 yeah. would make sense.
1: And that's um, about the same time that you were getting into Formula 1, right? Well, if I think back to our episode when we talked about the first race, we really remember that was about the same time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the interest was growing. And then this film was probably the first time that I'd kind of found out about all of the the glitz, the glam, the drama and the politics of Formula One, because Mm -hmm. um, it's got all of those team changes that he made. So when he went from Lotus to McLaren to Williams and the way it kind of approaches those and talks about why he decided to move teams at what time. I remember finding that really interesting the first time I watched it because it wasn't something I'd ever considered before, like in the news and things you hear about footballers getting bored to different teams, but the way that drivers assess the technical abilities of their next move, uh, I found that really fascinating. And the way yeah. the film covers all the hype around Ayrton in Brazil um, and how he kind of dealt with that when he was in his home race, and then how all the fanfare followed him basically everywhere he went. It's um, just there's so many aspects of his career to fit into one little documentary. And I think the way it balances everything and brings it all together in one kind of unified storyline is just brilliant. Have you seen it, I think?
1: I've not. It's one of those ones I need to sit down and watch, and I wanted to watch it on the train in this morning. It's never been like on the right streaming platform at the right time for me, and I'm not going to pay for films. Because...
0: I mean, I think I... I have the DVD. It's in a box somewhere, but I can send it here.
1: Well, thanks. But is it is it like, because it's James... I'm going to get his name wrong, James Reeske, I think his name is, and he's the producer behind Drive to Survive, but also the Amy Winehouse documentary, so is it done in the same style as that, where it's all, like, archive footage and just interviews kind of laid underneath?
0: Yeah, yeah, so it's all interviews and press clips, so with him, there's quite a bit with Alan Frost as well, about, like, their rivalry, and then... There's some, it's obviously tried not to do his career through rose-tinted glasses, so there's a few bits where Prost is kind of negative of his driving style and, and the way he'll like aggressively go for any move. So mm-hmm. it's quite interesting having all of these different people's perspectives rolled into one film about him. It kind of gives you all the different opinions while also painting him out as one of the best ever, despite his yeah. critics. Legend. I would definitely recommend giving it a watch.
1: I am gonna, I'm gonna fork out the two pound fifty it costs to rent it on
0: YouTube. <laughs> Push the boat, out. Push the boat <laughs> out. It seems like it was kind of a light bulb moment, and it's sort of there've been kind of niche racing films in the past, but I feel like we got this, and then we got Rush, and then we've since had like Drive to Survive, and this sort of helped push motor racing back into the mainstream a bit more. Whereas like when you watch the footage from the 60s, 70s and 80s, it doesn't feel like it's an approachable sport. Whereas now you watch Drive to Spive and you're like, yeah, I could like sit down for a beer with Lando Norris. It's quite interesting that kind of difference in how far the sport's come. So I would definitely, yeah any racing fan that wants to find out a little bit more about uh center in the 70s and 80s period of formula one i would definitely recommend watching it but what about you Will? what is the first film that you've chosen for a roundup today
1: so you've actually mentioned my first choice already well i don't know if it was going to be my first choice but it makes sense if it was um rush is uh one I'm picking and actually it leads on quite well from Senna because I think Netflix are actually going to create a kind of fictional um, series about Ayrton Senna like a 10 part drama I'm not sure if it's actually like fictional I think it's probably going to be based on his life rather than just making up a storyline about about Ayrton Senna
0: Ayrton Senna goes to space
1: yeah (laughs) I think this is the case anyway we'll have to double check but there's definitely a kind of a series about Formula 1 being made and that's kind of what rush i've never seen the film grand prix from like the 60s or 70s and I, I want to because i think it's like three hours long but there's a lot of like incredible footage in there that they actually filmed at formula one races that's cool but rush is a really cool film because it's actually it has the feel of a formula one event like yeah. it is a drama about f1 and i didn't really know much about james hunt before i watched it so obviously it, it depicts the, the rivalry and i think they hammed it up a little bit between. James Hunt and, and Nikki Lauda, but it centers in on those kind of pivotal moments in their career where James Hunt went on to win the championship, Nikki Lauda's accident, and the kind of story about safety. But I think it's just a brilliantly engaging film, and one of those films that even if you don't like racing, you're going to get into it through, through this film. And yeah. it might not less make you want to go and watch a Formula One race, but it's a good ride for two hours.
0: Yeah. It's um, it's Ron Howard, the director, isn't it? Who mm. did Apollo thirteen as well, and just has this—he's got this brilliant way of capturing the drama in real life events and planting you right in the middle of it. Like I remember the um the scenes at Japan when it's really rainy and the race isn't going to go ahead, is or isn't going to go ahead. They have the drivers mean and things. Mm. I remember at that point, like the tension of the film's really ramped up and you're, like, there behind all the drivers, like, no, it is too dangerous, don't brace. Or, yeah, you'll yeah. be fine, go for it. Like, p- different people that watch it, pick a side at that point. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good film. What Do you remember, like, how you felt after you first watched it? What did it make you feel about Formula One? Because that's, again, from, like, 2012 or so.
1: Yeah, I think what it does is it contextualises a lot of, how it felt to watch formula one at that time Mm -hmm. so if like i remember watching and i'll always remember probably not as well as you will watching daniel ricardo's first win at monza live on tv right so Mm -hmm. in 20 years time when we watch the highlights of that we're gonna feel that kind of excitement a little bit and know what it felt like and i can't associate a feeling with formula one in the 70s like i do that Mm -hmm. but like you were saying the way that ron howard directs it when you watch older footage or archive footage of those races now, you kind of have a better understanding of how it might have felt and the intensity of those moments. Mm. And I mean, that's probably the greatest homage to that film that can have. And it's a shame that, you know, can he do it for every season? And then yeah. just, just every race that ever happened, you're fine. Yeah.
0: And what about in terms of the rivalry, how it's portrayed, did you come out with an opinion either way?
1: Not really, because I know if you do some digging, there's a consensus that actually they were pretty good friends. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, like James Hunt used to stay on nikki Lauda's sofa when they lived in London all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they go for drinks, and you know they they were probably friends. But again, it's like we talk about Drive to Survive, right? it's hammed up a little bit for for drama's sake. You can probably forgive it a little bit more in the case of this film, which is like a drama.
0: But like the Drive to Survive McLaren episode where they try and pitch Carlos and Lando as enemies kind of springs
1: yeah. to mind <laughs> yeah i can imagine they're probably can do the same this year with daniel and Lando, given their performance and then mm. he gets his redemption but whatever um but also some pretty good performances from from the leading two um it's chris hemsworth isn't it mm-hmm. he plays james hunt he's pretty pretty brilliant and i kind of wouldn't have had him down to play that part but he does it really well
0: yeah you kind of you hear chris hemsworth you think godlike superhero so it was. I mean, I think it might have been pre-Thor days, but um, yeah, no, he's really good, and I like his like very clipped British accent. Yeah, <laughs> he's quite good at that.
1: Yeah, he's probably he's probably quite posh in real life, isn't he? We just don't see it on, the, on in Marvel.
0: I do think the guy that plays Nicky Lauder is perfectly cast. Um, what is his name? Daniel Bruhl. When you see pictures of him and then pictures of Nicky Lauder yeah. they're just like splitting hairs the difference and then the way he acts through the film is just so similar to how you see Lauder in like archive footage and when he was being interviewed on The paddock and things I think yeah his yeah. performance is amazing
1: he's a brilliant actor he I first knew about him I mean I've not seen loads that he's done but he's the guy in *Inglorious Bastards who is based in Paris mm-hmm And he is the film fanatic?
0: No? I think I've seen it once.
1: Oh, well, okay. On that note, then, what's your second film?
0: So my second one, I have decided not to stick with realism anymore. And I'm going for a film based on a manga from the 60s, directed by the Wachowski sisters and set in a fictitious land where racing rules any idea what it might be
1: i feel like i do because i think you sent me the list on messenger a couple of days ago but i have forgotten
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's speed racer it was the film the wachowski sisters made after the matrix and it's kind of like the polar opposite so where the matrix is all dark and broody and all has like a green color scape and is all about like the realism of life and things speed racer is just vibrant colorful over dramatic it's got some like comedy moments and it's all done in this like really exaggerated comic book style so it's mm-hmm. like visually it's an amazing film to watch and it kind of has this weird dated feel that also seems timeless like yeah. everyone's wearing like pop art outfits all the way through everything's bright orange bright pink or bright yellow it's just a really stunning film and it kind of follows uh, a family who are trying to get into top tier racing so the main character is the son, speed speed racer and his brother rex racer has like a bit of an incident he's trying to like follow in his footsteps but throughout all of that over exaggerated racing style it's still got all these weird little links to real life racing so there's like a whole thing about corrupt contract talks and people race fixing uh, and then like talk of grand prix prizes that are up and above what you would normally get which i kind of Mm -hmm. saw similarities to like the triple crown where only one person's ever won it and other people are all going to get it as well but it's just like two hours of fun which every now and then is all i want from a film and also it has John Goodman in, so it kind of ticks all the boxes. And it's just fantastic.
1: <laughs> That's fascinating. I, I mean, I've never, I've never, I mean, I've heard of it, but I've never thought to sit down and watch that film.
0: Yeah, I only watched it for the first time probably about two years ago. Because um, okay. I went through a phase of rewatching all the Wachowski sisters movies. and hadn't seen it. I was just like, the car's cool. i put it on. <laughs> I yeah. just was like, from the offset, it was like, this film's incredible. Like the racing wow. scenes are bonkers. It's like the rainbow road course in Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cars have like secret weapons to take each other out and stuff. Uh, and there's all these like villainous drivers and then secretly good drivers and everyone's got rivalries. Yeah, I love it. That's mad. I feel like it's one that sort of slipped under the radar because it was like post-Matrix. And I don't think it did quite as well. And it was yeah. a bit weird. I mean, the Matrix is weird as well. So.
1: It does sound a bit weird.
0: It, yeah, it's a bit weird, but everyone needs a bit weird.
1: If you described it to me without saying it's really good, I think I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know, it sounds a bit kooky."
0: Yeah, I mean, I watched the trailer yesterday to try and like remind myself why I liked it. Yeah. watching that, I was a bit like, "Do I like this?" Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like the the little brother in the film has a pet chimp. That like pops up throughout and it's one of the mechanics and then there's a bit when someone like spins someone over their head like a <laughs> basketball so I was like oh, it's kind of strange this is going to be a fun one to convince people it's great but as long as you go in I mean it's different because I went in just sort of thinking this looks weird whereas now yeah. I said it's one of my favorite racing films it's going to be tricky but if you one of those ones where you just go in expecting a couple of hours of weird fun yeah then it'll be great if you go in expecting it to be Rush, then you'll be seriously disappointed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I trust you and your taste, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm willing to give it a go. But otherwise, I think I would have been sceptical. Mm. Yeah, no, maybe this is a big moment. Maybe I'm going to watch it and it's going to be crap and <laughs> this is the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> this is the last one, one,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a big responsibility. I just wanted to cool. have kind of a mix of different styles and this... It's the most racing, but the least, like, Formula One relevant, because it's yeah. all just insane and about power and adding secret saw blades into your wheels, and there's a, they have, like, spotters and things, and it's his girlfriend driving in, like, a bright pink helicopter above, and I think the only real element is that part that takes place in Italy, the rest is all just made-up made <laughs> madness.
1: I'm going to have to seek this out now, and... Just because like, like, what's going on in my head is probably completely different to what's actually on the screen. Yeah. You know, like when you read a book and you imagine it and then you see the film adaptation of the book and you're like, this is not what I
0: was expecting at all. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you go and expect like over the top comic book, look, Mario Kart style racing and really cool cars, then you'll be fine.
1: I think that's what I'm imagining, like Mario Kart the movie, like a live action Mario Kart.
0: I feel like that is quite a good way to describe it. Specifically, Rainbow Road, because there is bits where the course like loops.
1: This is nuts. I can't handle this.
0: <laughs> so I take it for your second choice we're going back into the, the real world.
1: Unfortunately, yes. Boring. I hate, I hate to be boring again. But I picked a relatively recent one. Well, I mean, Russia's 2012, but I've gone with Le Mans 66, or mm-hmm. Ford versus Ferrari, as it's known or dumbed down to in America.
0: I think Ford versus Ferrari is a better name.
1: Yeah, but I think they've only done it so that it that people didn't go around calling it Le Mans. Oh,
0: yeah. That's true.
1: <laughs> and also, Ford versus Ferrari is a bit more combative, isn't it? A bit more on the nose. Um,
0: what is it about Le Mans 66 that you like so much?
1: I think what it is similar to Rush in that it's based on a true story, but fictionalized or dramatized but it's not necessarily about the action on track. Like there isn't a lot of racing in that film. It is more about the kind of struggles that go on behind the scenes and the kind of American powerhouse of Ford and how they convince them to to keep the project going. But then you have like the romantic side of the Ferrari and the challenges they have of not being the number one. And yeah, again, it's hammed up a bit because, you know, of the dominance they had, and they probably weren't completely against each other. There were financial reasons, blah, blah, blah. But I just think it does a brilliant job of of showing kind of what was at stake, the amount of work that went in. And really, when you read about like, you know, I read a lot of Wikipedia articles doing like work and research for work and, and you know, watching videos. And you might see the odd name pop up, but this really delves into those kind of engineers and what they did and their family life and and, and yeah. It's, it's, it's just a good film. Yeah. And again, it's one that people that don't necessarily like racing watch. It was actually on it was on Polish telly a couple of weeks ago, and I went to a party with a load of Polish people to tell them what I do, and they were like, oh yeah, I watched the film Formula 1 the other day. It was brilliant. And then the next day, we watched a Formula 1 race, and they didn't care. <laughs>
0: like... Yeah. There's a lot less drama in real life, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Have you seen it?
0: No. I have one or two for because I love Matt Damon, and also it kind of tells us, it's sort of almost an origin story for Carroll Shelby, isn't it? So I've always kind yeah. of been interested to see like, how he's portrayed in that film, mm-hmm. uh, and also like the whole rivalry of Ferrari stopping, is it Ferrari stopped using Ford engines, so then Ford wanted to try and beat Ferrari?
1: I don't think it really goes into that too much. Okay. It's more... It kind of picks up with the fact that Ford is entering motor racing for the first time mm-hmm. and their only rivals really are Ferrari.
0: Yeah, I think it's there is some story about how it's either Ford wanted to use a Ferrari engine in its like race car program or Ferrari used to use Ford engines in its. I feel like it's maybe mm-hmm. more that Ford wanted a Ferrari one uh, and whatever the deal was broke down and that's why Ford then entered and they were like, we need to beat the Italians. So that's why it's Ford yeah. versus Ferrari over here. Cause that was sort of like the GT 40, the origins of that are just to beat a Ferrari.
1: Yeah. I think there are scenes actually of like a load of Americans going over to Marinello mm-hmm. and sitting down with Enzo Ferrari. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I watched this a while ago and mm-hmm. I probably should have brushed up my knowledge before <laughs> <I even laughs> tried to sell this film. Um, but you know what, it's another excuse to go and watch a really good film again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christian Bale's in it as well, isn't he?
1: With a really good Nottingham accent. Oh, really? He Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very good in it.
0: It's definitely near the top of the list of driving movies that I need to watch.
1: How long is that list?
0: I mean, it's got Le Mans 66 on it.
1: <laughs> so what's what's the the, the third film? on your other list of racing films you you love
0: so the third one was actually the toughest one to pick because yeah we like shared a list with each other to make sure there wasn't a crossover and originally i just said the entire fast and furious franchise which i don't think 20 years ago anyone would have thought would make it to 10 films but that's mm-hmm. where we are so i had 10 films to pick from <laughs> and have gone for fast five which I think is the best Fast and Furious film by far.
1: Okay. Now, I'm just going to let you know who you're speaking to here. I've never seen a single Fast and Furious film.
0: Disgusting.
1: So my list is now ten films
0: long. (laughs) Well, for you, Will, I'll set the premise of the show. It it does actually feel like a show now rather than films. Uh, (laughs) Basically, Vin Diesel drives muscle cars around America. In the first few films, he's a bit of a bit of a street racer, bit of a criminal. And then all of a sudden he becomes the American James Bond and fast and furious five is like the tipping point where it's billed as like the team's last job. And they're going to rob this bank in Rio and then become free and leave America. And I think Vin Diesel like spends the next five films living in Croatia or something like that. But it's the one where it still has like, uh, gram of realism i would say okay in that there's no scenes where someone crashes a car flies through the air catches someone and then lands on another car yeah. and then there's no one like driving a car into a helicopter and there's no one being chased by a submarine they get a bit far-fetched <laughs> yeah the first universe films have always kind of just been fascinating to me because originally they take themselves so seriously and like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're a serious street racing film. And if you watched more like back to back, yeah, definitely the first four all try and stay in that vein. But then five is when the rock comes in and he's got all of these like really cheesy lines. And he basically only speaks in one liners throughout the whole film. And the stunts start to get even more ridiculous. And it's still got that like good guy, bad guy vibe. But yep. it's sort of before the point when Vin Diesel is being roped in to being this secret agent that goes around fighting crime families. So it's still just lots of racing through the streets, lots of talk of like undercover crime gangs, lots of really cool cars, lots of jokes about whether or not Japanese import cars are better than American muscle cars. I always fall down on the American muscle side because they're big and loud and cool. <laughs> And it kind of all culminates with this insane scene where they drive a bank safe through a city. It's just like Speed Racer, two hours of movie magic. Okay. I dare say slightly more realistic than Speed Racer, but probably not a lot more realistic.
1: Yeah, see, (laughs) like, Speed Racer sounds like it knows what it is, and it's just, you have to use your imagination a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll get on board with Fast and Furious. Yeah, like I have to. You probably noticed, like the first two that I picked, I have to be in some kind of realm of real life. Yeah, and this just doesn't sound it.
0: I mean, it's in real places, and it is real cars.
1: I can appreciate why it 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 grabs your attention and and hooks you onto it, and I can kind of understand why the franchise has gone on so long because it does seem like a pretty unique concept Mm -hmm. or at least one, you know, there aren't like spy films that have gone on as long as James Bond have, right. Or as successful because it was the first one to hone in on it.
0: Yeah. And it definitely is the case that if five had been the same sort of vibe to the previous four of them, like doing drug runs and street racing and slightly illegal jobs, it would have got stale. Mm -hmm. But I think, bringing The Rock in and having this rivalry between Vin and The Rock. And apparently it's like written in their contracts that neither of them can lose a fight in a Fast and Furious film. So like if they fight each other, they've both got to just walk away.
1: uh,
0: Supposed, supposedly that's the case, but it it needed that sort of like not outright comedy twinkle, but it needed to stop taking itself so seriously. And then you start to get the nice kind of the relationship between Paul Walker's character and Vin Diesel's character that all kind of light-heartens at this point and gets a bit more kind of brotherly. You've got these other little couples like appearing through the groups. It's like the same group at every film. And then they're all kind of starting to get their own personalities. And that's why you end up with like, not spin-offs, but like Tokyo Drift is like its own film following one of them. And then you've got the... um. Hobson & Shaw film that came quite a bit later. I think this is the one that like sets up for all of those the best. Um, okay. And also just cool cars, what more do you need?
1: Easy, I'll have, maybe, maybe I'll watch one of them and see how we go after I've Speed Racer and the again.
0: So now we come on to your final choice then. What have you picked yep. for option three?
1: So I struggled to think of this one and then I was going to go with something else, but then I remembered this film I watched when I was a little bit younger, and it's about this kind of like old classic car that um, a woman kind of spruces up, takes it to a racetrack, it becomes an amazing car. She brings it back to life. Mm-hmm. It's like touching film. Do you know? Have, does it ring any bells?
0: I mean, I'm kind of half expecting you to say Brum.
1: Ah, well, it's close. Herbie Fully Loaded.
0: Oh. Right. <laughs> is <laughs> now, that the one with um, Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan? Lohan? I don't think I've yes, ever seen is. that film.
1: So I watched it, and there's, there's a specific reason. Like I don't think I could really tell you what that film was about. Everyone knows what Heavy Fully Loaded is about. Mm-hmm. But the reason I picked it kind of harks back to the beginning of this podcast. when we were talking about you know, films like or shows like Brum. But I was like nine when it came out. It was the first time when, like, if we pulled up into a petrol forecourt and there was a Volkswagen Beetle, I'd be like, oh, that's, like, the car from Herbie.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, like, if there was one that was even in, like, the Herbie livery, like, I don't know why you'd ever get that kind of car, but if it was like that, then I'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's a Herbie.
0: Yeah. I remember and seeing I new those... Beetles with the Herbie livery on quite a lot. I feel like that must have been an option.
1: I think it had a bit of a renaissance when this film came out in, like, mm. the, the mid-naughties. But, yeah, I think it is just important that you have I guess like fast and furious but like silly films that are quite accessible to kids that are about driving Mm -hmm. Um, and you know this one no one gets hurt in this one so that's quite nice as well (laughs) maybe maybe Lindsay Lohan has a clause in their contract that she can't ever get hurt in a film maybe (laughs) so yeah I don't I I wouldn't say put it very high up your list of, of films to watch racing films but I thought it might be a little a nice one to include
0: so if it's not very high up on your list what is it about the film that's
1: made you include it? It's, I think it's the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think, like, it's probably if I, you know, have like nephews, I'd probably stick Herbie on for them, and probably more so now that I'm into racing, I think it's one that I'd like them to like, mm-hmm. because then you know they might actually think about more things to do with driving. Or they might just see it as a stupid little film and never think about racing cars again. Yeah, but, you know, a man can hope.
0: I think, yeah, I think I've seen the original Herbie, but not the Lindsay Lohan remake. But maybe that's my watch it this weekend. I'll watch Herbie over the weekend and let you know.
1: Don't. I just wanted to talk about it. Don't watch it.
0: <laughs> were there any that kind of were close to making your cut, but didn't quite?
1: Probably Schumacher. Like, yeah. I watched that last week and it is brilliant. I think that's probably the one that I would have put in instead of... Kirby. And now I'm kind of glad I didn't because we would have just pretty much had the same conversation we had about Senna but about Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone's kind of watching that at the moment anyway. What about yeah. you?
0: Mine was probably Gone in 60 Seconds, which is mm-hmm. another slightly naff film. It's Nicolas Cage has to steal like 100 cars in a night. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's cool. There's a nice Mustang in it. I think that's why I like that and why I like Mustangs. But so that was all the films that kind of made it into our our top picks and driving movies. What about you? We'd love to hear which car-related shows and films you like watching. You can let us know on Twitter, reach out to the show at Friday Formula, or tell us each of our individual picks are wrong by talking to me at Owen underscore Bellwood. And Will, you can be found at...
1: At Will Longman.
0: Please be kind. (laughs) Formula One is back this weekend. We're returning to Sochi for the Russian Grand Prix. So uh, while you're finding us on Twitter, please do let us know any predictions or reactions you might have to the race in action. We'd love to hear them as next week, we'll probably be reviewing everything that goes on in Sochi this weekend. To be kept up to date and find out as soon as next week's episode drops, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All I'd like to say is thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a lovely weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.